My guest on this week's episode of Sesame Search is Crystal Tang, Director of Pre-Sales Solutions at Uberall. Crystal is one of the leading experts in local SEO. She's a platinum-level Google product expert. She hosts a training program on Wix. She's a frequent webinar host on platforms like Bright Local, Duda, and many other places. She appears on virtually every list of the top local SEOs in the world. She is also on the faculty at Local U. I'm sure I'm forgetting several other important contributions, but suffice it to say that when it comes to local SEO, Crystal Tang is world-class. It's an interesting time for local SEO. Darren Shaw of WhiteSpark recently released the local search ranking factors, thus beginning the annual tradition of local SEO nerds scouring the findings, debating, discussing, and learning about how Google's local algorithm is evolving. Crystal was a contributor to that study. I'm gonna ask her about what is changing and how small businesses can better position themselves for success. Grab something cold to drink and join me for a conversation with Crystal Tang. We'll talk about what you should do to appear more prominently in local results, what you shouldn't do if you hope to avoid a suspension, and we'll spend a little time talking about the Google Product Expert program. Crystal, welcome to Sesame Search. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks so much for having me. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm excited to talk to another local SEO. This is an interesting and exciting time in local SEO. Uh, about a month and a half ago, I guess, Mark, end of March, uh, Darren published the local search ranking factors, which is like Christmas morning for us local SEOs. Uh, it's a study that uh, David Mim started many years ago and that, that Darren Shaw of WhiteSpark has taken over. It surveys the top minds in local SEO, including Crystal Tang, about what's been going on in local SEO, what factors Google's considering, more or less important each year. We see the finished product and kind of like really delve into it as SEOs, but you're actually a contributor. So I wonder if you could give us some insight into the room and the materials that you go over. What's the process like for collecting this information? What are you given from Darren and uh, how, how, how was the experience this year? Yeah. Um, so it's actually funny because I have a lot of people that reach out to me. They're like, when is it coming out? Like it's been a year. It's been over this time. So it is definitely uh, sought after in terms of the, the local SEO industry. Um, and it is something that everyone that's involved like takes very seriously. Um, so it's a, a couple week process for the responders to actually to submit their answers and details. I will say I have no idea how much, but Darren and his team put so much prep work into building it, redesigning it, taking feedback from the respondents to make it easier or incorporate additional details. But it truly is like a, a labor of love. Um, in, in terms of what he and his team do. Uh, but it's really about going through everything in the last year, sometimes a year and a half, that have really changed and impacted our, our clients that we work with every day from a local search perspective. And it's quite like invigorating because I think we're, we're living in an industry where things change so quickly. You know, there's an announcement every week, no matter what it is, for you to sit back and say like, what did I do at this time last year? What strategies were I deploying? And so going back to those, you know, client QBRs and, you know, recommendations and results and pulling that out is, is really a little bit therapeutic to kind of go through and, and see all the work that's gone in, what results you got positively, maybe what things changed or didn't change in the way that you're anticipating and really pulling that together from this entire community. Um, it's, it's really nice to see. And I, I love doing it every single year. Well, I, I love reading it every single year and. One of the main things I always look for is what's changing. And like years ago, uh, citations would have been like one of the biggest ranking factors in 
you know, like the 2015, 16-ish versions of this, today's citations are less valued, or at least they are according to the respondents. And so I thought it might be a good place to start. What, when you consider what's different this year, what's what's going on currently in 2023, uh, and w- what are you seeing? What larger trends are you seeing in local SEO that uh, may play out in a survey like this, or just uh, things that you've noticed in your day-to-day work? Yeah, I think it's also interesting when you take a look at the way the factors and the factor groups change. It's not like these necessarily are like aligned with some type of Google algorithm. It truly is the types of methods that are being deployed by all of these local SEOs, how regularly and how much they're adjusted. So it's always like interesting and it's it's good to take it all with a caveat. This is just based on studies of a, a couple hundred local SEOs and their results. Um, And so in particular, I think we saw a a pretty big jump in on-page signals this year, which doesn't necessarily mean Google is now measuring on-page signals more. It means that these local SEOs are seeing and returning more value in the last year, year and a half from things they've deployed on-page than maybe other efforts and tactics. And that's, it's really this pull and like this, this give and take scenario, you know, if you can't get the the outcome you are looking with for your clients, maybe in your industry with this particular factor, you know, whether it's like spam or reviews or something, you're going to see, you know, kind of trends move towards others. And I think from on page, it's something that all industries, all sizes of clients and brands can leverage and benefit from for a number of different reasons. And you think of like, what does on page look like for a lawyer compared to like a local cafe? Um, they have very different intentions, but I think the ability for it to drive revenue, drive conversion and ranking um, is is huge for both industries and both types of businesses. So I always say like from a, a caveat perspective, it's not like, you know, we're surveying Google um, and getting their response. This is truly the the result of the work that all of these local SEOs are putting in. Perfect. Yeah, that's that's excellent. And the, the- the way the the survey is organized, I should probably give a little bit more detail to people who don't don't study this that closely. You have ranking factors for local pack ranking factors, and you have ro- ranking factors for organic uh, localized organic results. Exactly. And so those two things are different. Um, but one of the other things that's surprising, and you mentioned on page, but the other thing that's like, pers- like every single year, GBP or as it was like GMB, I guess in the other years, seems to be like consistently the top factor for those local pack rankings. So this shouldn't be a surprise uh, for anybody who like, works on this industry. I don't think that's surprising, but I, I wonder if even today people undervalue how much you know, value a business can get with a well-optimized GBP that's maintained and monitored. What are, what are some common mistakes that people are making? They, you see businesses make with their GBP, you're on these forums, you're everywhere in this. You must come across things, you know, again, I've got to tell you like for the umpteenth time, what are some of those common fails that you're seeing? Yeah, I think um, to your point, it absolutely is underrated. Like no matter how many times we talk about it, like seeing profiles that are just missing data and opportunities to publish data is one of those those items. Like Again, whether you're a small business or you know a, a local car dealership or you are a chain and you've got hundreds or thousands of locations, all it takes is like passing a couple of data points to Google and then Google's going to surface that 
in real time to customers that are searching. They're pulling out things called like justifications and showing more of this information to customers. They're reaching out, they're asking Maps users to say, is this business located on the first floor or the second floor because businesses aren't providing this information and they know customers are searching for it. So I would say not filling out every single thing you can within your profile on Google is probably one of the, the first mistakes you can make. It's it's free real estate to a business to advertise for most most you know purposes and to, to not provide that information, I think is a miss. Um, while not maybe every single element is a ranking factor or going to impact a click, there's a potential for it. So I think uh, that is definitely one of the first things that, you know, I would recommend to any business. I love it. And uh, along the same lines, we're mostly talking about, hey, if you have a more complete GBP, you'll you'll perform better. If you take care of on-site optimization, you'll do better. But also you guys weigh in on signals that could get you suspended or have a negative ranking factor. So think things that uh, could work against you. Uh, I mean, these days, I, I don't know if you agree with this, but I think these days you don't have to intentionally be doing anything wrong and you could get suspended just because you were ignorant. You just didn't know what was going on. It can, it can happen uh, to people just, just made a mistake. I uh, yeah. didn't know the rules of the road. So, so what are that suspension requests? I, I think more and more I'm interested in, when I think about SEO of like risk mitigation, like just if you have a good SEO in your corner, the chances of you getting suspended as long as that SEO knows what they're doing and they're ethical and everything like that are much less than if you just try and wing it your, yourself. But what are some of those common you know, GBP fails where, where you could actually see yourself end up in a suspension? Yeah, I think um, something that a, a lot of local local SEOs really do is like I read the Google guidelines. Like I, I I could probably do trivia at this point on the Google guidelines <laughs> because I'm so used to it. I know exactly like what it says, and I also know that they truly are guidelines. Some of them are hard and fast rules, but some of them are written um, in kind of a gray area so that Google can choose to enforce them as they see fit. And that is intentional. It is completely intentional. And so to your point, partnering up with, you know, an SEO that can tell you maybe what the risks are for certain tactics um, and advise you on best practices is, is really important. And they are changing regularly. Like to your point, like the topic and the reason why business profiles get suspended like you have to be doing this all the time to have an understanding of how this applies to businesses across the board. And I, I see it all the time, like on the, the Google forum, it's like these business owners are just completely flabbergasted. They're lost. They don't know what they did wrong. Or even in some cases, if they made a mistake, like maybe they saw a Facebook ad that they should have maybe researched a little bit more. And it talks about buying positive reviews. Um, and they didn't know otherwise because they are not studied up on the Google guidelines or the review guidelines. They're like, hey, all of my competitors in my neighborhood have a lot of positive reviews. I've been asking customers, but no one's leaving them. I'll go ahead, you know, spend some of my budget and, and buy some of these. They may not know the process, but like that is something that if tracked and reported could get a business profile suspended and sometimes even permanently. Like it can put your entire business and livelihood at risk because it is Google and they can enforce their rules as they see fit, um, you know, and and sometimes that means if you're not following their guidelines, if you're, you know, 
observing kind of suspicious practices or, or things like that and, and Google defines it, they can choose whether or not to even restate you at some point in time. Um, or they can, you know, suspend the reviews. They can suspend the reviewer profiles. There's all different aspects to things that are, are within within guidelines um, and what that means for a business owner. Yeah. And I love this because you mentioned reviews and there there's a section in this report where we talk about conversion factors and a lot of the top conversion factors, I think one and two have to do with reviews. Exactly. So it's one of my favorite topics in local SEO and review generation, customer sentiment. Um, this is something that these small businesses are always, always clamoring for. And just a single, I was sitting with a, a small business owner and he got a one star, he is almost a flawless review count, but he got a one star review while we were sitting there and it like ruined his lunch. He's yeah. like so devastated by this one star review. So why kind of, kind of for people who aren't in local, why is, are reviews such an important conversion factor? I'm not talking about like if you have a one star versus a five star, that's obvious. Like even on the margins, it's really, uh, really, really important to just have a lot of good sentiment about your business. Why, why is that such an important conversion factor? And, and and if you could, what are some tips for businesses to get more positive reviews? Yeah, I would say anytime you're evaluating your review profile and kind of setting up a strategy, this is where I always recommend like business owners to like take your business owner hat off, take your marketer hat on and just search as if you're a customer looking for where you're going to book your next appointment or where you're going to go to dinner. What are the ways that you are using this information to make a decision? Um, you are not just looking at the average star rating. This is where the conversion factor comes in. You are measuring your results and looking which star ratings are the most attractive to you. Now, if the top five or 10 results all have around 4.2, 4.3, 4.4, you know, those are, are ones where maybe the, like to your point, a very small difference doesn't make a, make a much, you know, in terms of a user making a decision. But if you have a couple of like 3.9 businesses and then you are a 4.4 business, like that is a really big change. And it's not just the star rating, but for me, I know if I see a business, yeah, it might have four or five stars, but if there's like three or four reviews, I'm going to probably engage with the business that has tens, twenties, 30, you know, reviews, because I know that content is probably a little bit more consistent and reliable. So when we talk about a conversion factor, it's not just the stars. It's not just the volume. It's also the the pace at which you get it. If I do click on that business and I see they have, you know, a hundred reviews and a high rating, but the last review was three or four months ago. That's also a concern to me. That's why like reviews are a factor on their own um, because there's so many elements to them that a consumer is going to have in their mind when they are making a decision. Um so there's a, a lot really to kind of unpack in, in terms of what reviews could mean for, for a business. And one other thing, Arzal, is if, if you do get a negative review, um, how you respond to that review and the manner in which you respond to that review and the, the people will read it. People yeah. will see, okay, you, you, you were really rude to that person in the, re in the response or I oh, actually took the time to be thoughtful and stuff happens. Businesses get these things all the time. I think people can be pretty understanding, but if they, if they see that you're just not even acknowledging a negative review, that's just an easy thing to fix, right? It's like nothing, review responses can go a long way to improving your conversion percentage, I think. Yeah, it absolutely can. So there's a couple of things um, is one, if you do get a negative review, it's not the end of the world. Like 
every person has a bad day, like whether you're a customer or you're a business owner or you're a receptionist or, or whatever. I think having a, a few bad reviews is not the end of the world. It also shows that you're a legitimate business that, you know, is not just asking positive customers for review. It's a, a true picture of your profile. Um, and it's funny that you mentioned that because I was I was just talking to a business owner last week and they're like, we got our very first one star review and we immediately went and asked like five customers to leave us a positive review. And I was like, it's okay to not be five stars. It's actually probably better because it doesn't look as genuine if you have a five star rating. Um, so I think remembering it's not the end of the world, responding always as if that person's experience is 100% true because it is in their eyes. I think those are the types of things that let you learn. Like if you're ever in customer service, like forget, you know, put your ego aside, even if they are targeting you or your employee or someone just always go in with the intention that what happened to them is true um, and you want to make it right and you want to win them back with it as a customer. Um, and something that we do what we work with our clients is trying to um, recapture them as a customer and we track the progress of how often a negative review turns into a positive review after you have a response. Um, because that's a possibility as well is like the person may go home and they recognize like, hey, I just had a really bad day and I might have taken it out on you. Or I'm glad you actually listened to me. This was not the response that I was expecting, but I see that, you know, you're taking it seriously and maybe I'm going to change it to maybe a three-star review. It doesn't always go to five-star, but that response um, can make a difference, not just to that customer, but as you mentioned, to future customers that are evaluating your review profile, determining if they're gonna do business with you. Um, so just like, it's an entire, a huge aspect of, of local business and it, it really does mean a lot. Awesome, awesome. And then, uh, you know, this, this is what everybody's talking about is AI. So this this year's Google Search Ranking Factor study um, asked everybody about how they're gonna be using AI in the future. And the revol results were very interesting to me. It was not nearly as conclusive as some of the other uh, topics that you guys talk about, where it's like everybody agrees that GBP is important or select category selection is really important or um, name and name and the business name is really important. This was kind of like a mixed bag. It's an, it's just, I guess to be expected as emerging technology, but the top answer was that people were going to use AI to create content, which is later edited by a human. So we're all having these conversations with clients right now. It's like yeah. every client that I talk to is like, how are you using ChatGPT? It's, you know, it, it's, it's on everybody's mind. How, how are you advising local small businesses and customers on how to use AI? Yeah, so I would say um, most businesses and companies that I've worked with, like my message has been to just try it out. Think about where you maybe have gaps or you know, operational challenges in your day to day. And then let's strategize about what that means. Sometimes it can be scheduling. Sometimes it can be reviewing content and giving you ideas. Sometimes it could be evaluating maybe your Google categories. Like I've seen that as well as like, you know, evaluate the categories nearby me or determine a list of, of categories that may make sense. Um, some of it is coming up with like promotional content. So not just on-page content, which I think a lot of the, the SEOs responded to in the survey, but thinking about like Q&A and Google Posts and other elements of your business. Um, my, it's really like, try it all. And to your point, as long as you're reviewing the output in 
determining whether or not that makes sense for your business and your customers. Um, that is that is really it. Like even responding to reviews, you know, getting ideas of how to respond to reviews. Of course, not blanketly just copying whatever you know ChatGPT or Bard puts out because. In my experience, if you get a negative review, they're just going to offer a coupon code. <laughs> like that is what they'll they'll do by by default. Um, but if you're saying, I just here's my review, I want to make it a little bit more sentimental, or I want to make it more personal, or just evaluate it. It's like having a you know an editor available for you at all times. It's not even you know them generating the content. Sometimes it's giving you a few different variations and versions. Um, so yeah, I would say that's a, a really good shout is if you go to the survey and go to the AI section, there are a few dozen ideas of how SEOs are, are thinking about it. Someone's like writing code um, and, and other things and, you know, organizing images, looking at places to target for outreach for backlinking. There's so many endless ideas. Um, and like I said, just it's tried out and determine what works for your business because I guarantee there's there's a lot of other competitor businesses that are already doing it. So um, there's going to be a lot of tools and and a, a wave of of innovations when it comes to AI. But I think it definitely gives a small business owner a leg up to be able to continue to compete with maybe businesses that have a lot more resources. That's really what I'm excited for. The yeah, answer really well said. I agree with that. Well, I want to I want to shift gears. You are part of the Wix Learning Hub, and so I'm a huge fan of the people at Wix, and their their approach is like really really good. I think, and they're just very invested in the industry overall. So you, you've invested uh, in with them. You partner with them on the Learning Hub stuff, and as far as my research goes, you have two videos that I'm aware of. Uh, tell, what what is the Learning Hub at Wix and Let's talk about your sessions in particular. Awesome. Yes. No, I, I love the Wix team as well. They're awesome. Um, they're a really great bunch to work with. And I think something that I love about Wix is they have a huge community of these small business owners um, that typically have reached out because they want to build a website. So they have some interest um, and, you know, building out their SEO and focusing on their local, local SEO as well. Um, and so they have a really engaged audience. And I think this is just a, a complete assumption, but I imagine what COVID's done has driven a lot of these business owners to be a lot more engaged and interested in SEO than before. I think before a lot could rely on word of mouth. There are a lot more like traditional and potentially maybe paid opportunities. But I think it is it's kind of like the tides have turned that like it's a non-negotiable for majority of businesses and majority of regions. And having like Wix that makes it easy with all of their plugins and all of their tutorials to adopt this without having to be a practiced SEO or a practice strategy, like a, you know, a, a, an advanced page strategist or anything like that. Um, I, I think what they're doing is really great. So they have their their SEO learning hub that just brings in a ton of practitioners to focus on, you know, topics that are critical for small business owners. So I've done a session with them on just like intro to local SEO. Like, what does it mean if I just opened up a flower shop in, you know, the middle of Wyoming? Like, what do I need to know about local SEO? Um, and if I'm doing in-person and delivery, just like talking through some of the basics. Um, and we, we, yeah, we recently did a, a webinar on that, which was, you know, really engaging, really successful. Lots of questions that I think 
if you're dealing with this every day, you forget that there's a lot of people that don't know this, that don't live and breathe this. So that's been been really awesome. Um, and then I did like a, a guide to Google categories, like very specific. I think wrote a couple thousand words just on what your category does for your business, um, which I think, yeah, I think a lot of business owners don't realize how impactful it is, not just from a ranking factor, but a conversion factor. But it also controls so much about what Google gives you to manage and display on your business. And there's a lot of strategies and tactics around it. I'm going to be writing something for them on Apple Business Connect coming out in a couple of weeks and kind of introducing that to a lot of local business owners as well. Um, but yeah, I think helping them adopt this technology and understand a world that's very complicated um, has, has been really nice. So uh, a great shout for the, the SEO Learning Hub at Wix. I love it. Love it. Love it. Well, um, I don't know. You're, you're a contributor to local search ranking factors. You have courses at the Wix learning hub. You're a local youth faculty member, which we don't even have time to get into <laughs> and you're a Google product expert. So, uh, you are one of these people who make me feel lazy. Uh, oh, it's important to bag it up. Like you're, you're a product expert, which is impressive enough, but they kind of have grades. So they like, you know, silver, gold, and then the, the, the black belts are the, the platinum experts. And so you're in that platinum category. Um, the product expert program is very cool to me. I think if people who are watching us who are getting started in local SEO want to really connect with the industry writ large, getting involved in this program, even at a small level or understand how it, how it works is really important really a good way to, to get your name out there and to, to learn kind of these really like edge cases in, in local SEO. Um, I just, and then the members are cool. So it's like a bunch of people who are, who are nice and interesting. How did you get started? What value are you getting out of this program? Yeah, no, I, I can't say enough about the, the GBP product experts, uh, group specifically. So, um, for anyone that doesn't know, Google has product experts for almost every product that they have. Um, but the GBP group is the most active forum out of all, which should tell Google something that maybe they need to fix their support and their, their documentation or something. A lot of people are engaged and interested, but like, I love it, not just because I can go in and I can help guide business owners that are having challenges that like I've seen and solved myself. Like why not share that information? Um, but also, I think to your point, to engage with other product experts that have different focuses and, and different areas of expertise that are just open and helpful and so nice to work with. Like, I love that, you know, Greg Gifford or Mike Blumenthal or Joy Hawkins will like DM me and ask me a question. I'm like, really? Like, you, you know, you I thought you knew everything. And there's just so much. And at any point in time, I can reach out to them um, for questions and guidance as well. And it's just it. It is a great community of true experts and, you know, people that are passionate about learning this, understanding this and guiding others through it. So hopefully it can be a little less challenging for the next person. I love it. Well, um, we'll link to all this stuff. The, the last thing is we, we haven't talked at all about Uber all for those, for those watching. Oh yes, I also have a job. <laughs> Tell us about Uber all and what solutions you guys are yeah, so uh, I lead our, our global solutions team at Uberall. Um, we are a local search platform based out of Germany, which is why we've got a, a German name. Uberall means everywhere. 
Yeah. And so we manage, you know, multi-location brands as well as agencies and SMBs and offer a number of tools from local listings, reviews, social, messaging, locator and pages, essentially all of those things that are really important for a, a local business to manage, um, be efficient at and and really use to, to promote their business. I love it. Well, um, Crystal, this has been great talking to you. If, if people want to connect with you or learn more about Uber or anything like that, what's the best way to do that? What's your favorite social media? Those kinds of details. Yeah, I would say find me on Twitter and LinkedIn, Crystal Tang on both of those DM message, whatever you need, any questions you have, I'm always happy to help. Um, and as I mentioned, if you have any GDP questions, you can reach out there, but there's also the the Google business profile forum where not just myself, but we've got a ton of folks that are open to help as well. Awesome. Yeah, those are, uh, thanks for, I felt like we had to cram a lot of stuff into a half hour here. So I appreciate you uh, going hurry up, no huddle with me here. Um, I, I really enjoyed the conversation. I'm going to give you a virtual cheers for now. And for everyone else watching, we'll be back next week with another episode of Sense Search. Thanks, Crystal. Thanks so much. It's been great. 